Hello, friends. Welcome to the third episode of the Regenerate Millennial Podcast. Today on the show, I'm going to welcome my good friend and brother John as we discuss progressive Christianity. Of course, we are only going to be able to scratch the surface of this topic today, but we pray that you are blessed by our conversation. And as always, we pray that ultimately, above all, that this conversation brings glory to the name of Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, to whom all glory and honor is due. John is a good buddy of mine. We grew up together. We went to school together. I love him to bits. And I think he has a lot of really uh, awesome things to share. I'm always blessed when I speak with him, whether it's just on the phone or in person when we get the opportunity. So I feel like you're going to be blessed by this conversation because I sure was. I know that. And the last thing I'll say is if you feel like it, if you feel so inclined, go ahead and hit subscribe to the podcast on your platform of choice. Let's get started. Everything on times when you pick God first. I said that I'm canceled, ayy. I can't tell. They scared of losing followers. I'm scared of going to hell. I put my faith in God, ayy, and He never fails. I said I put my faith in God, and He never fails. You pray to God, believe your life is Satan. Waiting for them prayers. You can keep on waiting. So God that you love Him, and you might receive Him. This world needs Jesus, but you don't believe Him. Don't care about the money, I pick God first. Don't care about the fame, I pick God first. Your friends gon' switch up when you pick God first. Everything gon' change when you pick God first. Don't care about the money, I pick God first. Brother, how are you? Hey, doing good. How are you? I'm not bad. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's the first time I've ever done a podcast, and I'm looking forward to it. Awesome, man. Yep, this is only my third one in, so uh, I'm new to it as well. So we'll see how she goes. I think it's. I think it should be good, though. Oh yeah, it'll go good. Cool. Um, okay. So I did give you a brief introduction, um, to the listeners, but I'd like to give you an opportunity just so we can get to know you a little bit more since this is your first time on the podcast. Um, why don't you, uh, let the people out, out there listening, uh, know just a little bit about, uh, who you are, your background, uh, how you came to know Christ, those sort of things. Yeah, um, it'll be a short introduction. Uh, no one's special. <laughs> um, so I grew up in a really good family. My dad was a pastor, my mom's a teacher, and I have a younger brother. Um, I ended up going to a Baptist church growing up. My grandparents were Pentecostal. Um, I went to a charismatic youth group, and then I went to a Mennonite college. So I've been all over the map. Um, <laughs> after college, uh, when I entered the workforce, I joined an airline, and I had the opportunity to travel pretty much all over the world. I've been to some really cool places. Um, yeah, growing up, God has always been so good and faithful to me. I'd always had money. I'd always had friends. I always had um, a good support uh, support network. And I ended up going through a party phase where I just drank all the time <laughs> because I could. And um Kind of went through a little rebellious phase and like i said i had everything you could ever want in life and i was still broken and unhappy and god uh, just was always knocking on my heart and um 
just a few years ago, I kind of came back to him. And while all my other friends had gone their separate ways and decided not to come back to Christ, I came back to him and I've never looked back ever since. So that's just kind of like a brief introduction about my life and where I'm at today. And that's perfect. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, yeah, that's great. That that just gives people who are listening just a, a little bit of an idea of sort of the background you come from. And um, for our listeners, uh, John and I, uh, we grew up together going to school in the area that we're from. Um, for a few years, we were in school together, and we definitely were in that party phase together as well. Um, John and I have become, uh, we were friends before, but we've become brothers, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, a deep brotherly bond. Um, I would consider John one of my absolute best friends and my best brothers on the planet. Um, and, uh, you know, I've had Spencer on the podcast before and he he shared he came from more like a legalistic, uh, self-righteous kind of background, like the, the good Christian, quote unquote, good Christian. Uh, John and I were definitely the rebellious, <laughs> typical uh, uh, teenagers who who maybe went to youth group on during the week and church on Sundays, but we weren't living for Christ at all. So Parting on the weekends. Okay, thanks, man. I, I really appreciate you uh, sharing that uh, with us. And uh, yeah, we're going to get into uh, a topic that is quite deep. So I'm hoping that you will join me for future podcasts because I'm sure we're just going to scratch the surface on this one. Um, we are going to talk a little bit about progressive Christianity uh, what it's like being a Christian in 2021 in our Western culture, um, how progressivism has influenced and infiltrated the church and why the church has given in so easily, especially lately, or at least it seems like that. Um, we're going to talk about love. What does it mean to love someone? Do you have to affirm them? Do you have to agree and 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 uh, back up or endorse their lifestyle in order to actually be considered loving. Um, yeah, we're going to touch on a few things. So, John, I want to ask you, um, just in, in your own words, in, in your own uh, opinion, what do you feel it's like, or what do you think it is like being a Christian in our current climate in 2021? Well, everyone has a different perspective on Christianity, and I can tell you that I find it really difficult. Um most of my friends aren't Christians and um, trying to be Christ-like in that environment can be really difficult sometimes. A lot of my friends still go out and party and they do whatever they want. And I have to say no to that because I know where that lifestyle leads and I don't want to have anything to do with that. You know, my life is about Christ. Um, I don't want to have anything to do with the world, anything that's going to pull me away from Christ. I don't want to be heading in that direction. I want to be going the opposite direction. And I just see our culture um, just becoming just, they're just so in love with, it's so in love with itself. And it's always about, it's about self. It's about me and my wants and my needs. And that's not what the Bible teaches us. And um, it's difficult standing out. It's difficult being light sometimes, um, but that's what God calls us to do. So, um, what's it like being a Christian in 2021? I think going forward, uh, we can expect it to be increasingly more difficult as things become more acceptable. And um, it's almost like if you're a Christian and, and you live a certain way, you're you're abnormal. You're not you're not part of the culture, and you're not. 
and and that's difficult for a lot of people yeah for sure man uh it makes me think of you know in in the word it says uh to be in the world but not of it and um that doesn't mean that we are to you know go lock ourselves in in some cave up in the mountains (laughs) and not interact with the world in fact it, it means the opposite it means that we are to be in the world, you know, interacting with the world, but not of the world, not doing the things that the world does and not acting in a way that the world acts or at least tells us that we can act with no repercussions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, that's uh, it's a it's a tough one being a Christian in, in 2021. I mean, honestly, like I, I would argue that being a being a Bible believing or an orthodox um, a traditional, whatever you want to call it, kind of Christian. And and by the way, when I say Orthodox, I don't mean in like the religious Eastern Orthodox Church kind of sense. I mean like Orthodox, like Bible believing. Um, you're following the Word of God. You're you're not shying away from hard teachings that are in the Bible. You're you're embracing every doctrine, whether you like it or not, yeah. uh, and wrestling with them. And and uh, so that's what I mean when I say say orthodox um just being would, a christian would, that's what being a christian is about is believing the bible following what god calls us to do and exactly anything other than that is is not being a christian that's that's religion exactly exactly it's either religion or or um would you would you say as well if it's not religion it's it's some false jesus or some false uh version of god well, anything, um, everything in life is like a religion, whether you're for big government, whether you're for lover of self or whether you love Christ. I mean, you're following one God one way or another. Yeah, man, <laughs> that's so true, man. You're uh, that that's great. I, that's something I wanted to touch on. So, you know what, since we're there, why don't we just dive into it? Um, we're we're seeing. I think 2020, if it showed us anything, uh, and it showed us many, many things, that's for sure. But if it showed us anything, uh, it it showed that that people they're they're out to serve something, just like you said. Mm-hmm. Whether it's their flesh, whether it's uh, the government, um, whether it's ideology, whether it be racial ideology, sexual ideology, both. Um, and they're they're evangelical in their message, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm speaking of the of you know our our culture, our Western culture. Would you would you say that there are parallel religious elements to our culture and to things that we see uh, in in the faith? Mm, that's a great question. Um, can you ask the question a different way? Sure. Yeah, no problem. So essentially what I'm getting at is um, religion, no matter what religion it is, uh, it has it has works. Right. And I'm not talking Mm -hmm. about true, true biblical Christianity, by the way, because we're not saved by works. So I'm talking religion. I'm talking like a religious system and I'm talking like it has a head. uh, ahead of the religion mm-hmm. it has its dogma it has its evangelical message it has its good works to it to attain favor um 
can you see any of those things in our current climate and culture? Let's say when it comes to going along with wherever culture is going. Right. Um, yeah. Um, uh, that's a tough question. Um, all of us, we all idolize something like I mentioned earlier, whether it's, um, a system of beliefs or, or self, um, that's a tough one. I'd have to actually, uh, take a step back and think about that one for a while. Sure. Yeah, no problem, man. It, it is a, it is a tough question. Um, the parallels that I can see, you know, just off the top of my head again, I haven't, I haven't thought too deeply about it, I guess, either, but just off the top of my head, um, it seems like if you don't go along with what our culture says is acceptable, then there's something wrong with you. And, you're, you know, you're called a bigot yeah. or you're called a, you're called a something phobe um, or you're you're called old fashioned or mm-hmm. just there's all kinds of names for for people who don't go along with whatever culture is doing. Yeah. But yet at the same time, culture accuses the Bible-believing Christian of the, of the same thing that it's doing. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is, um, if I say I'm a Bible-believing Christian, and that I believe that Scripture is the ultimate authority, and that, that God sets the moral standard from which I should live by, and I'm not to question his moral standard as a, as a human being who is, who is but a but a wisp, but a vapor on the face of the earth before I go away and I'm forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, who am I to question God's morality? And we can see in our culture, it's we want tolerance. We want acceptance, no matter what the message really is. We want tolerance. We want equality. Um, we want acceptance. But what they really mean is we want you to agree with everything that we stand for or otherwise you hate us yeah that's exactly it. you hit the nail on the head uh, da carson wrote a great book called the intolerance of tolerance and essentially what he talks about is the meaning of tolerance has changed um what it means nowadays is if you don't believe what i believe then we're not going to tolerate you which is intolerant <laughs> it's so ironic <laughs> and um what I don't understand is how people don't see the hypocrisy of, of the things that they believe in. And yet as Christians, we, we see it so apparently, and yet it's not apparent to other people. And I think that has something to do with um, just God revealing things to people, um, people purposely blinding themselves to the truth. They'd rather believe a lie. They'd rather live in ignorance. Um, they'd rather be God of their own life and set their own standards, their own morals and define what is right and wrong. Um, for themselves and um, yeah it's and it's so hypocritical and that's what's frustrating for the Christian is it's just it's it's deceitful it's it's lying and um, all in the name of they think what they believe is right it's it's like they take the moral high ground by believing these things when actually they're just believing a lie yeah exactly and you know, the other thing that's frustrating for us, uh, for us Christians, um, as, you know, non-progressive <laughs> Christians, I should say, uh, who believe the word of God in its entirety is, uh, it's almost like, what moral basis do you even have to judge anybody? Because if you don't believe 
that there is a giver of a moral standard or yeah. there is a source from a moral standard, then what are you basing your morality out of? Exactly. Well, you're basing your morality out of your feelings, which is essentially our culture is all about feelings. Mm-hmm. People vote based on their feelings. People uh, get in and out of relationships over and over based on their feelings. You know, I felt I fell in love with this person and then I and then they no one would really admit this, but they didn't give me what I wanted. So then I fell out of love with this person. Mm-hmm. Um, our culture is completely based around feelings. Yeah. And so if feelings are your standard of morality, you're in real, real danger because our culture says, follow your heart, you know, do what your heart desires, live your dream, uh, live your best life, uh, do what you want and make sure that you're happy because that's all that matters. And the Bible tells us the exact opposite of that. Mm -hmm. The Bible tells us, do not trust your heart for your heart is wicked and deceitful. Uh, And it's, it's going to lead you into a path of sin, which is not going to satisfy your soul or, bear good fruit in your life Mm -hmm. yeah that's um that's a great point and that's actually a really good topic is where is your foundation is your foundation in the world is your foundation in christ and i think what we're seeing happen in 2020 is um it's going to challenge a lot of people it's going to test um it's going to test a lot of people If, if your foundation is built in the world um if, if your foundation is built on sand, um, when the waves come crashing, your, your house is going to fall. And that's why it's so important for Christians to not be rooted in the world, but to be rooted in God, because our foundation is built upon a solid rock. And when all these waves come crashing towards us, um, yeah, the waves will still come, but God will protect us. You know, God never, um, oh, a really cool saying is God never... Um, calls us into a fire to be burned. He calls us into a fire and he protects us. And um, we are living in this world just like everyone else. And we have um, struggles and difficulties just like everyone else. But the difference is we're rooted in Christ and he is going to protect us and actually grow us uh, during this difficult time. Whereas other people, um, they're they're just going to be destroyed. I mean, their lives are being destroyed. So many people's lives are being destroyed. And in that, um, the reason, one of the reasons why I think this is happening is because God works best in brokenness. And when people are broken, when people have lost everything and they have nowhere else to turn, where do they turn? They turn to God. And it's just one of the tools that God uses to bring people towards him. Yeah, man, I would, I would fully agree with that. Um, I think one of the dangers of our culture, and um, I'd like to actually hear your, your opinion, because you've also traveled all over the world and, mm-hmm. You've been to some places where people are quite poor as, uh, yeah. as well as I have. Um, man, sometimes you travel to a place where, where people have almost nothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seems like they're more full of joy. And I would, I would especially say that of places I've been where, where it's, they're people of faith, mm-hmm. um, faith in Christ. Uh, and they don't have much, you know, honestly, maybe a humble four walls and perhaps even a dirt floor and just a little bit of food or whatever. <laughs> they yeah. really have nothing compared to us. And, and they're just so full of joy and they, they have Jesus. Yeah. He's they're relying on him every day for his provision. They're satisfied in Christ. They're happy with what they got. And, and here in the West, and you know, it's even a temptation for us and, and, and me personally, 
I think any of us would be lying if we, if we said it's when you're making lots of money, uh, not that I am right now, but I have before in my life, mm-hmm. when you're making lots of money and you, you know, you have all the, all the stuff that you, that your flesh sort of desires or that you want, um, and you can go and do really whatever you want. You have expendable income and you got an, you got a comfortable house and it's really, really easy to forget your, your desperate dependence on Christ yeah. every single day. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to fall back on that, that safety net of your money or your savings or whatever. And, and say, ah, you know what? Like I, why, why do I need God? I, I don't need God. I have everything I need. And yeah. I think that's so prevalent in our, in our culture. Yeah. And I found that um, trying to preach the gospel here in the West has been challenging because that's, that's exactly it is people don't need God. They have everything they need. They've, they've got their money and they've got um, their social media <laughs> and uh, they, they don't need God. And um, it's not until we start losing things that we realize these things aren't actually important to us. What is important to us is God. And I can tell you that um, having everything, having everything that you need, um, not ha- everything you need, but more and more stuff doesn't make you happy. And I can tell you that from personal experience or a personal experience because I have had everything growing up. Like there is nothing in life that I, I haven't been able to get, um, God has just blessed me so much. And I can tell you that the more stuff that I've amassed over the years, the more I look around and I just, I, I don't need three quarters of the stuff that I have. And actually it just makes me depressed when I look around and I see all the things that I have because um, there's always something inside of me saying, you know, buy more, buy more. There's always, it's just the way, um, it's just, it's, culture's influence on me is you need more stuff you need more stuff when actually we have it completely backwards we need less stuff because we already have everything we need i mean we are the richest people in the world and we are so um greedy and we just we're so gluttonous we need more and more and it's completely the opposite it's like you were saying earlier about going to poorer countries like i've been to mexico i've been to brazil where people have nothing and they're happy they've got jesus um, at the center of their life, they've got their family, uh, food in their stomach and roof over the head. And really, what more do you need than that? They've got friends in their lives. And um, yeah, we we have so much and we just we always focus on the wrong things. We focus on everything that we don't have when we should be focusing on everything that we do have. That's the key to happiness is focusing on everything that we do have, realizing how blessed we are realizing that we do have enough, not here, not just here in the West, but pretty much anywhere in the world as God always provides for us. He always gives us enough. He always gives us what we need, whether that's a lot or whether that's a little, that's up to God. Um, he owns the world. He decides um, um, how much um, to bless people with for, for different reasons. And that doesn't mean that God loves you more or less. Um, it's just his providence. It's, it's, um, he gives to those because he gives everyone different amounts for different reasons. Yeah, man. I'm so glad you said that because that sort of, that sort of brings me to the next thing I, I wanted to ask you about was um, talking about, you know, our culture and, and, uh, and how it's influenced progressive 
Christianity, while one big thing in our culture right now is it, they call it equality, but <laughs> it's it's not equality of treatment, no. which is which is which is a noble cause. I mean, Martin Luther yeah. King Jr. Um, he was fighting for equality for African American people, uh, you know, in the United States, and he was fighting for equality in the sense that he wanted African American people to be treated like human beings, just like everyone else. And to be able to have the same opportunities as, as other people. And I think that that's a noble cause. And unfortunately our culture um, under the influences of, of cultural Marxism, which I, mm-hmm. I hope we can get into a little bit as well, mm-hmm. has taken equality to all of a sudden mean instead of, you know, equal opportunity or equal treatment as a, as a human being to, if you have if you have more than me, then somehow I've been victimized, and we need to take from those who, who have more, uh, you know, even if they've worked really hard for it, and we need to give, give to everybody so it's an equality of outcome, yeah. and equality of outcome just, just plain doesn't work, and, uh, I feel like we're even seeing the church sort of fall victim to that, you mm-hmm. know, the identity politics the uh the 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 race uh the race politics you know the intersectionality all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. i feel like the church in the west is also um falling victim to that and that's that's the progressive church i'm talking about who are not rooted in sound doctrine and who are not rooted in the scriptures and they're just taking these things on as fast as the the culture can shovel it to them Mm um so one thing i wanted to to ask you is do you think and if so why do you think that we have to define nowadays if we are a bible believing slash orthodox christian why do you think that we actually have to define that yeah it's because instead of just being able to say i'm a christian and 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 have that mean a a christ-centered Bible-believing Christian. Yeah, it's because there's so many different religions, so many different beliefs, and everyone seems to say that they're a Christian. Um, there's two questions that I always ask people. The first question is like, oh, are you a Christian? And if they say yes, the second question is, what church do you go to? And the most of the time they say, oh, I don't go to church. And that kind of answers to me, well, are you really Christian? Like, do you really know Christ? And more importantly, does Christ know you? Um yeah it's there's so everyone wants to have their own belief system we like to read our own beliefs into the bible instead of having the bible um change us you know um exegesis and i think it's exegesis versus eisegesis i think is what it is yes and um it's it's difficult because it kind of waters down Christianity when you have so many different versions and so many different beliefs. Um, I remember one time a friend of mine challenged me on one of my beliefs that I held, you know, I, I believe what the Bible preaches and he, and I went to a church that um, believes that and um, they will say, well, why do you go to that church? Um, they believe this and that. Why don't you go to this other church? I mean, they're accepting of these things. And I told them, I said, no, that's, that's not right. That's not biblical. And we have all these different denominations. Um, so many churches now buying into culture and 
I, I really believe that God is splitting his church right now between um, true believers and people professing to know Christ and actually not knowing them at all. Because if they knew him, then they would follow his commands, but they're doing the exact opposite. And not only are they um, disobeying what he teaches, but they're actually celebrating doing these things. And um, it's really hard nowadays to find a Christian who um, holds true to what the Bible says, what I would call a Christian. <laughs> but what we have to say is a Bible-believing Christian, <laughs> which is a new term. I've never heard that before prior to this podcast, but it's true. I mean, that, that's how I should start defining myself as a Bible-believing Christian, I need to separate myself as a Christian from people who claim to know Christ, but don't believe anything in the Bible, or they pick and choose what they want to believe. And my question to them is, well, um, like, you know, they, they, people like to give God, you know, I'll give you 10% of my heart, or I'll give you 30% of my heart, or 50% of my heart, but God doesn't want 10, 20, 50, 90%. He wants 100% of your heart. And um, I guarantee, like, God will uh, be in your life up until the point where you draw the line. And, and that's as far as you th that person lets him go. And um, that breaks my heart when when I recognize that in people because, um, like I said earlier, it just it waters down Christianity and it um, it it just splits the church and it just that just makes me sad. Yeah, for sure. Me too. Um, I love what you said about eisegesis versus exegesis. So I'm just gonna give in, in case anyone's listening, um, don't feel bad if you didn't know what that that meant because i literally learned what it meant like a few months ago maybe a couple months ago i don't remember but it was very recently um eisegesis as john was talking about is essentially you have a preconceived notion and then you open the bible to try and justify it and you pick out scriptures you pick and choose like a smorgasbord oh i want a little bit of that verse i want a little bit of this chapter and i'm going to put it all together on my plate in order to form this doctrine uh, that affirms my doctrine, which is essentially my feelings and the way that I feel that the Bible, uh, feel what the Bible should say or or uh, what I want it to say, as opposed to exegesis being where you open the scriptures, you read it for what it says, you're looking for the author's intended meaning, you're looking for cultural context, um, you're looking for the style of writing that it might might have been in, and even if it's something that that hits you hard and it's hard to deal with, and there are parts of the Bible that that still hit me hard, and and I'm I'm squirming around in my own skin, but at the end of the day, it it's in the Bible, it's the Word of God, uh, and we have to, we have to wrestle with those things. Mm -hmm. And when I say wrestle, I don't mean try to impose our standard of morality on God. What I mean is. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to do um, to do a work in our hearts in order to enlighten us to the Scriptures, so that even these things that are hard, we can we can give to God and say, God, I may not necessarily necessarily understand this fully, but I understand I understand your goodness and your mercy, your calling on my life, your rescuing me out of the out of the pits of my sin and 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 taking my my dead flesh and giving me life and so you're you're good and and help me to work through this because i want to worship 
the correct God. I think, I think what separates, you know, a Bible believing or an Orthodox Christian, uh, from progressive is, is a undying, relentless desire to know who God is, the God of the Bible, to not impose our own feelings or our, or our own um, parameters onto God, but worship him for who he is and because of who he is, not because of what he does for us or who we think he is. And we want to worship the correct Jesus. We want to worship the correct Father. We want to worship the correct Holy Spirit. And anything short of that is worshiping a God or a Jesus that we have dreamed up in our heads. And I, I don't know about you, John, I'd like, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, but, and this may sound harsh uh, it, to, to some of our listeners, I'm not sure, but if, if you, if you can't come to terms with the God of the Bible, and when I say that, I mean, Genesis to Revelation, without imposing your own views on him, if, if you can't come to terms with that God, is there any point in even calling yourself a Christian? Um, I would argue that progressive Christianity, progressive Christians are neither progressive nor Christians. Mm -hmm. They're not progressive because going against everything Christ teaches, like what you said is regressive Mm -hmm. and Christian should carry the weight of, I believe the words of God Mm -hmm. and what God says I do, and I obey his commandments no matter what, and I don't buckle to culture and buckle under pressure. I, I'd, I'd love to hear to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, I, I'd love to, um, I, I like to ask the question, like, why are you following God? Why do you believe those things that you believe? And if it's to get something, or if it's, for example, if it's just to get into heaven, then you're probably following God for the wrong reason, because that's not why Christians follow God. It's because he's the creator of the universe. He's amazing. He's incredible. Um, he's so faithful to us, even though we're so undeserving. And um, uh, yeah, I'm losing my train of thought here. That's <laughs> uh, uh, all, all good, my friend. Don't don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what this podcast is for. It's you know, we're, we're thinking out loud mm. We're we're not professionals by any nope. means. And, and that's, that's totally okay. Mm. Uh, can you ask the question again? Yeah, yeah. sure. So uh, let me, uh, let me maybe, let me maybe try and try and, uh, uh, put it a, a different way. Mm. So do you, do you think that progressive Christians, if someone says like, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I'm a progressive Christian, um, or even if they just say I'm a Christian, because honestly, I, I haven't ran into a lot of people that say, yeah. hey, I'm a progressive I've Christian. I've never heard that before. <laughs> it's usually like, oh yeah, man. Yeah, I believe in Jesus. Yeah, I'm a Christian. And then you get to talking and it's, and it's uh, you know, oh yeah, well, I, you know, my girlfriend and I, we we went, oh, yeah, okay, you and your girlfriend, yeah, we, we live together over here, and <laughs> and, uh, and we we go and do this, and, oh, you know, we attended the Gay Pride Parade, right. and it was so much fun, and, <laughs> and just, you know, I'm just giving a couple, uh, couple rough examples. Mm-hmm. Uh, my question is, do you think that 
someone who claims to be a Christian, but they're but they've obviously been influenced by progressivism or the progressive church yeah. has has the right to call themselves Christian. Right. That's a good question. Um, oh man, so like I'm not God. I I don't know people's hearts, and I don't know where people are going to be five years from now. Um, I think that if you're not following the Bible, if you're following yourself, then really you're making yourself God of your own life. You're not really following God. I mean, if, if let's say we're in an army and the commander is taking the troops in one direction and you decide to go in the other direction, I mean, you're a lone soldier. You're, you're going to get killed and you're not a follower. You're not in that army anymore. You're, you're a separate entity. So, um, it, it's, it's tough because again, I, I don't know people's hearts, um, but if if you are blatantly going in the opposite direction of where Christ is, is calling you to go, then I would argue that you probably aren't as close to God as you think you are. And I don't really think that you have the right to say, yeah, I believe in God, I, um, but I don't believe in anything that he says, <laughs> right? Um, that's like saying, oh yeah, um, I know so-and-so, um, but you're calling them by a completely different name. and you don't know that person at all. You're, you're talking about someone completely different. Um, yeah, man, man. Yeah. That's, that's really well it's, said. It's tough. It's um, tough to call people out on that too, because who am I to say that you're not a Christian <laughs> and people get defensive all the time. Right. And I don't believe it's our job to, to really call non-believers out. Now it's a different story. If, if someone's in the church and claiming to be a Christian, but preaching something that is, that goes contrary to the Bible, the terrorists. Yeah, I do believe that's, that's, um, we have a right and we actually need to call people out like that so that we don't get all this confusion in the church. You know, we got to remember at the end of the day that we're followers of Christ, not followers of self. Um, not a follower of my best friend or not a follower of, of the prime minister. Uh, we're primarily our, our focus is God. We're a follower of Christ. And to be a follower of Christ, that means, um, following what he says yeah yeah i'm i'm so glad you said that and I, I love what you said about um uh you know when it comes to a non-believer we we shouldn't expect them to act in a christ-like way mm -hmm. which is exactly what the scripture says and then i love how you follow that up with but if someone's in the church and they're claiming to be a christian but they're spouting all these things that are so anti-biblical then it then it is actually our duty and our job to call that person out. Yeah. Um, that's exactly what the Bible teaches us, right? Like, uh, if 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 your brother sins, go to him. Mm -hmm. um, and if he if he changes, then then you've won him. If he doesn't, go to him with with one or two others. Yeah. Um, and if he still doesn't change, then bring it to the church. And if he still doesn't change after that, well then the Bible actually says to treat him like an unbeliever. Mm -hmm. And how should we treat unbelievers? We shouldn't treat unbelievers. Uh, we shouldn't expect unbelievers to act in a, in a godly way mm -hmm. because they're not believers. Yeah. So when we're told to treat them like unbelievers, what do we do with unbelievers? We, we preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. That's what we do with unbelievers. Yeah. So treat them like an unbeliever, preach the gospel because that person obviously doesn't know the gospel. And, and, you know, uh, you said, you know, I, I, I don't know, I don't know someone's heart yet. Yes, that's true. Um, uh, I would, 
not argue, but I would, um, I would, would be remiss to mention, you know, passages like, uh, like in James where, where James is talking about faith and he's talking, talking about, uh, how faith without deeds is dead. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he's not talking obviously, or maybe not obviously to, to some people, but he's, he's not talking, um, about, works-based salvation like you have to do a b c and d and then you'll please god because we can't please god hence jesus um but what he's saying is that works will happen if you are saved works are an evidence of your salvation not the means by which you are saved Mm -hmm. so yes absolutely man you know i i always I always hesitate to, you know, tell someone, oh, you're not a Christian. <laughs> but at the, at the same time, I think that we can we can sort of yeah. tell. And and instead of bashing, you know, bashing those people or, you know, really getting at them, uh, I I take the uh, the route of treating them like an unbeliever because mm-hmm. I just assume that they're that they're potentially not a believer mm-hmm. and I just preach the gospel to them. The, the you know, the 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 un Un- the non-watered down gospel. Mm-hmm. It's like you said, we'll know Christians um, by the fruit that they produce. We'll know if they're a Christian, if they're producing fruit. And if they're not, then chances are they're not a Christian. And a lot of times you can actually sense that with people. If if someone claims to be a Christian and you see no fruit, you see a dead tree and that nothing they do is really good and it's all for self, um, then you can you can quickly identify that, you know, there's pro- this person probably doesn't know Christ. Whereas if you've ever been around somebody who is a strong believer and you see the, the way they speak and, and the stories that they have and the sacrifices they've made, and you see this producing, this person is producing fruit, then, you know, you can recognize that that person is, is a strong Christian. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. You will know it. You will know a tree by its mm-hmm. fruit and can a bad tree produce good fruit and can a mm-hmm. good tree produce bad fruit well no it no that's it what can. i was getting at yeah that verse <laughs> yeah for sure um awesome yeah so the next sort of the next thing i wanted to uh touch on and uh, this is obviously going along with our with our theme here is um i don't know about you but i i would say when it comes to social issues and we'd be we'd be uh remiss to to say that social issues haven't affected the church in one way or another because of course they have um in our in our current culture and climate it seems to me and i'm not the only one who thinks this by the way that the majority of the issues that we argue over and that the church is hated over the 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 true church have to do with sex and sexuality. Mm, yeah. Um, and when I say that, I'm talking about the LGBTQ movement, mm-hmm. the trans movement that have been so prevalent in the last few years. Um, obviously, they've been around for a while, but they've really, really caught on like wildfire in the in in the last few years, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like these progressive Christians, these progressive churches, quote unquote. Uh, that it seems like the areas that they're compromising are around these sexual issues that the culture is pushing. Yeah. So I would, I'd love to hear 
you know, you said you have a lot of non-Christian mm-hmm. friends and I'd love to hear sort of your thoughts on, on, on the, the culture of, of sex and mm-hmm. sex being a dividing issue. I mean, like we have pro-life, we have pro-choice and that literally divides two, two political yeah. parties down in the United yeah. States. Um, it, it's, it's a sexual issue. Um, whether you affirm LGBTQ or not mm-hmm. is a sexual issue. And it, if you do great, you know, you can be part of the culture and you're, you're, uh, quote, tolerant. <laughs> and, uh, if you don't agree, you're some kind of bigot or some kind of, you know, disgusting filth of society that needs to get removed. Yeah. So I'd, I'd love to just hear your thoughts on how, how our, our culture and how our issues, whether it's in the church or in the world seem to be based around sexuality. Yeah, this is a huge topic and it seems to have split the church straight down the middle where you have some churches holding to big biblical beliefs that we have believed for thousands of years. And then you have, um, other churches caving into cultural pressure. Um, I, I don't know why that is, uh, it goes completely contrary to the Bible. And it's like, we will read, we believe the Bible, except for this part, this part, and this part. And it's, it's just culture seeping its way into Christianity. And it's people who have decided not to believe in the God of the Bible anymore. They claim to believe in God, but um, they preach something contrary to what the Bible preaches. Um yeah, it's, it's a huge topic and I've lost a lot of friends over this topic um, because I believe what the Bible says to be true about a lot of issues. Um, but, you know, this is um, something that I think God also had his hand in because I, I think God has purposely divided his church for, the re- for, the, for a specific reason to separate those who believe those true followers who believe in him who will suffer persecution for believing in what the bible teaches versus quote quote christians who will actually be persecuting christians because of of their belief and i don't believe that that churches that um for example promote homosexuality in the church i i don't believe that they're 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 christians i mean i don't see how you can read the bible and you can promote something like that now this is a huge topic and I got to be careful what I say because I do believe that we need to continue to love and support people and um, welcome them um, into the family. I mean, I, I'm a sinner just like everyone else and, and God has welcomed me with open arms. And, um, but there's, there's a certain expectation now that is called repentance. It's a certain expectation that I will no longer um, continue in my ways that I will turn and I will go a different direction and we see a lot of churches holding true to that belief and then we see a lot of churches going the other way and um it has just caused so much confusion within the church like what is right what is wrong and it's churches deciding not to follow the word of god anymore it's them deciding that i want to be um i want to be my own god i want to insert my own beliefs into scripture and um, I will live a happy life and in the end I will die and go to heaven. And the Bible is very clear about people who claim to know God, but really don't know him. And again, the more important question is, does God know you? 
that's the question we should be asking yourself is does, does God know you? And that's like a really rough um, answer to your question there. <laughs> Just very simply blanket answer. Yeah. For, well, I don't know if it was a rough answer. I thought it was actually a really great answer, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, yeah, that's, you know, that's a topic that we can maybe expound on in a, in a future podcast. Because I, I feel like definitely uh, sexuality and, uh, uh, you know, a biblical view of sexuality would be a really great podcast. And I'd love to have you mm-hmm. on that one. Um, uh, I have one more thing I sort of wanted to mm-hmm. ask you about before we are going to going to wrap it up here. Um, and this is, this is a big one. So I'm going to try not to, uh, to blabber on too much. Like I have been, <laughs> I feel like I've been talking way I too feel much. Like I've been talking uh, too much. <laughs> no, no, never, never. I, I want to hear mm-hmm. from you. I, I always love hearing from you. Um, yeah. Uh, one last thing that I, that I wanted to touch on and I want to ask you, uh, so I won't, I won't say my opinion or, you know, my views first, but I'd like, like to hear mm-hmm. yours. Uh, does loving someone mean that you have to uh, affirm what they do? Uh, or can you actually, uh, d- does loving someone mean that you have to affirm what they do or endorse their lifestyle? Or can you love someone and actually disagree with their lifestyle and not endorse their lifestyle, but, but still love them? And mm-hmm. if so, what is, what does that mean? What does it mean to, to truly love someone? What does yeah. it mean? Big question, simple answer. Um, I can love someone and still disagree with them. Unfortunately, our culture has taken disagreement to mean uh, that you don't love me anymore. And it's actually completely opposite. I think love actually requires that you um, disagree with people at certain points. For example, there was a a topic that you and I were talking about a long time ago regarding a a statement that the Pope recently made. And you, as my brother, um, called me out on something uh, that I had said, and I didn't realize that um, some of the things that I was believing uh, were wrong. And in love, you called me out, you corrected me, and um, I, I changed my ways. So I think that um, if you truly love somebody, you you will disagree with them on a lot of things. You know, if someone is addicted to drugs, um, and you say, "Hey, man, you shouldn't be doing drugs," and they say well, if you love me, you let me do this. No, the reason why I'm telling you not to do drugs is because I do love you. And we have this, we have it, we have it so, or I should say culture has this idea of love completely backwards. And you can tell if if someone's truly your friend, you can tell if they love you, if they do call you out on things that aren't healthy for you. And you don't have to agree with somebody um, in, to, in order to continue loving them. Um, I think I think we actually need disagreeal. I think it's good to have healthy discussions like this and to talk about things like this. And um, in the end, if if people decide to continue in their ways, that's fine. I'll still love you. Um, but I'll continue to um, uh, I'll continue to bring up these issues with you. Like if you're doing something wrong, I'll continue to, to talk to you about it um, because I do love you and I don't want to see you hurting yourself like this anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's well said, man. Um, you're right. It is, it's, it's such a, it's such a countercultural thing, which it, it, it just seems so odd to me. Um, you know, but again, we're sort of, we're sort of aliens within our own culture. Yeah. Um, 
but it just seems so odd. Like, why do I have to affirm and agree with everything you do in order to love mm-hmm. you? Like, uh, the, the thing I always think about is, you know, I have a three-year-old daughter and, uh, if my daughter, uh, grows up and, you know, let's say she's 19 years old and she's like, Hey dad, I want to, want to go off to college and, you know, do this or do that. And I say, okay, that's great, honey. Uh, go ahead. And you know, you got, you have my support and, and she says, okay, dad. And you know, the, the first month in funds are tight and scholarships aren't coming in. And I get a call from my, my 19 year old daughter. And she says, Hey dad, uh, guess what? I got great news. Um, I'm able to pay for my whole next, next semesters. And I got, I got cash for my rent and I'm going, Oh, wow. Like, well, how did that happen? Well, dad, um, you know, I, I'm stripping mm-hmm. at a strip club. <laughs> yeah. I knew you were going there with that. <laughs> am, am I going to affirm my 19 year old daughter giving disgusting grown men, probably my age or older lap dances for, for cash money? Absolutely oh, not. Absolutely no. not. I'm not going to say, Oh honey, you know what? That's great. You just, you do what makes you happy and, <laughs> And you just you pursue your 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 goals, and I support your lifestyle of of being a stripper. Well, of course not. Mm-hmm. You know, why would I do that? Like, what loving dad honestly would be like? Yeah, my daughter's a stripper, and I I totally affirm that. I think that's mm-hmm. great. Um, am I am I going to all of a sudden not love my daughter just because I don't agree that she's stripping for college money? I mean, it seems like a bit of a ridiculous example, but you almost have to go to such ridiculous examples nowadays because there's almost no other ways, no other way to get to people sometimes. And it's like, look, I can love my daughter. I could, I would still be willing to die for her. Uh, I am now and I, and I would be then, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to affirm her lifestyle at all. And so I think that's just that's just something so I I expect it from culture, but it's something that's that's come into the church that I feel is really, really dangerous. And I, I think we've seen that so in such prevalence in 2020 yeah. where it's like, oh, you know, you you know, you got to love your neighbor, which means agreeing with absolutely everything that everyone else thinks. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, OK, well, no, I can have my own opinion and, you know, I can I can read the Bible for mm-hmm. what it is. And if it if it offends you, that's sort of what we should expect, because the gospel is really I think offensive. We're, uh, like bef- before I was before I was saved, man, when someone would preach the true gospel to me, I would get really, really offended. Mm. Like, really, uh, how dare you say how dare you say this? Like, like, no, like God's forgiving. And like, it, uh, like I can like he'll forgive me. Like, it doesn't really matter. And. You don't need you don't need to tell me that if I claim to be a Christian that I need need to be bearing fruit and all these kinds of yeah. things, right? I think where a lot of that comes from is there's been a lot of criticism against the church uh, in recent years about being judgmental, and I think a lot yeah. of Christians have wrongfully been very judgmental of people, and the church has has heard that, and that's why uh, the church is afraid to call people out for doing something wrong is because they don't want to be judgmental they don't want to fit that title and i think that's a downfall of of the church um or i shouldn't say downfall of church i think that's been a criticism 
of the church and the church has seen that and but they've taken it too far and they've decided that we're just not going to criticize anything anymore because we don't want to be labeled as being judgmental yeah man oh yeah you hit the nail on the head with that one um that's uh that's gonna be about all the time we uh we're gonna have for this one my friend that thank you so much thank you for having me i hope uh, to do this again in the future yeah, no, absolutely. I'd love yeah. to have you on uh, many, many a time again. I think you have lots of uh, good things to share with people. And, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm absolutely blessed by you. I, I, I love you. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your evening to do this. So I'd just like to, to quickly pray for you and, uh, and then we can sign absolutely. off here. God, I thank you for our conversation. I thank you for John. I thank you for his brothership. Um, Thank you for bringing both of us out of the pits of hell. Thank you for calling us. Thank you for drawing us to you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for revealing the Son, uh, the Son to us, and and His atonement on the cross that that we were so undeserving of. And I just thank you for my brother, and pray that you would continue to grow him in wisdom, in his desire for for sound doctrine and for biblical teaching and for reading the Word and for prayer. Um, thank you for for blessing me through him thank you for allowing me the privilege of having him as a brother in my life and uh pray that we would get to to meet again in person soon amen Amen. well thank you again so much my friend um for joining me and uh, yeah we'll do it again Mm -hmm. i'm sure i would love to have you back and uh i will say goodbye goodbye thank you again With the microphone check, one, two, first Water to the dry and weary soul of the true church The kind of things that few search They say that the truth hurts Well, this pain is gained So let's explain the new birth First things first Can't neglect this at the start I must preface my remarks With the deadness of the heart From original sin The effects of the fall The sin of our first parents Brought death to us all Since Adam was our federal head What he did counted for us In him were all rebels and dead Yo, captured in the mind Disaster, sin and crimes In a dark state Alaska in the winter time, shower in our frames Left to ourselves, we be devoured in the flames Cause we're powerless to change If you feel that way, I pray that you respond happily As you see what Jesus had to say in John chapter 3